You are listening to the best of the housing hour with hosts Kevin Ray and Mark Griffith. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray. Welcome back to the Housing Hour. And I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer. And uh, he is here with us. And we have uh, a continuation today of the series that has become very popular. And that is the Vol Nation series. And we are absolutely excited today um, to have a very special guest to continue this series with. We have um, the very own Tennessee legend, Bobby Denton, with us today. Bobby, thank you for joining us today. Well, Kevin, thank you for the invite. It's good to be here. I'm glad you're doing something in orange today. As right. you say in Technicolor, here we come. There you go. And I wish we had a live camera because Bobby's decked out in his orange as well. Today. And he's got orange shoes that I've never seen before. Those are leather. Are those orange leather shoes? Uh, those, I ran across those in uh, Italy. So, wow. Really? Yeah. That is awesome. Tennessee orange there. I still got to have them. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, um, as I was talking earlier off air with Bobby, just so we can kind of let everybody else know and make sure they understand, the Vol Nation series was created by an interview that we did with a former quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it was just tremendous. The the, the people who um, gave us encouragement and thought, you know, maybe this is something that we should continue. And then Mark sparked the idea, why don't we get former Vols and current Vols and former uh, coaches and other people involved with the program to talk about why it is that Vol Nation is so special why Knoxville seems to be um, a destination for people who have left football. A lot of them come back here. Of course, I love Tennessee. I love Knoxville. Um, and some people have the benefit of living in Naples half the time and Knoxville half the time. That's not everybody. But Bobby, you know, you've had a great career and, and you're you're as strong as ever. Tell me just initially, what is it about the orange that makes people so crazy? And, and just what is it about it? Well, it's a crazy color of orange to start with. Uh, but I would say one thing for Adidas and the university, they finally got all the colors, uh, the PMS number right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can remember back, uh, and I'm sure y'all can, uh, I used to laugh and comment that uh, we were the only school where people could wear uh, 11 shades of orange in the same outfit <laughs> oh, that's a book right there 11 shades yeah. of orange <laughs> well, no, that's a good point you know and so now they've kind of consolidated it and we have the smoky gray official number and then yes. the orange official number so that's a that's vitally important um and orange does though i mean you you hear it every week when you're announcing and and those words that everybody knows it's football time in tennessee i mean just to think, you know, that's a, a, a saying that you coined and you've promoted, and, and it's just tremendous. I mean, I, my blood boils with excitement when I hear those words. I mean, when you are up there, can you hear the crowd just going crazy? Uh, well, the, the new press box, we're sitting outside with a, well, the windows open up like mm-hmm. a, I call it a corrugated garage door up, it goes right. up and ready to go on. It's cold up here, too. Oh, I'm bet. worried about these <laughs> night games, but uh, uh, do you have a space yeah, I can hear the crowd. You, uh, 
Well, you know, that's a funny story. Mm-hmm. The first night game we did in the new press box, what, three years ago, it was cold. And Gary Wyatt, who spots Tennessee for me, former coach there, we were freezing to death. <laughs> and they didn't have the heat on. Oh, that was my. the first game. So um, when we got there to do the second game, uh, they had a big power T uh, jacket uh, pullover. Uh, on the back of our seats, and they said, quick complained about being cold. So we wrapped up in that <laughs> and uh, kept the jackets, of course. Oh, that's awesome. Um, now, how many years have you been doing this at Tennessee? Ooh, this uh, good Lord willing, I got one more game. I will finish the 48th year. Now, wow. that of all PA announcers in collegiate sports, that's a, that's a record, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, Bob Gasoline asked me that question on one of these shows. Uh, uh, the one at the barbecue place on mm-hmm. Sutherland. And Bob said... Dead uh, in barbecue. Dead in barbecue. Mm-hmm. And Bob said... Uh, who uh, Bob and I used to work together at IVK. And uh, I hired Bob, as a matter of fact. Wow. And uh, we've been long-time friends. He says, calls me Boo. He said, Boo, that's got to be a record. And I said, well, it was 10 years ago whenever UT researched it, and I'm still doing the PA and still alive, so I guess it is today. <laughs> yeah, well, I read an article in 2005 that was um, that did talk about that. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about WIVK, you know, I, I looked, you know, I did some research about, about you during uh, the process of getting ready for this interview, and I noticed a couple of things that I did not know about, actually, and it was news to me. But you were the PA guy at Talladega for 16 years. 16 years, yes. Uh, How in the world did you end up down there from Clinton, Tennessee? Well, that uh, you you do. I've never, never been interviewed, being one does research like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was um, by accident. I started doing <laughs> drag races at the uh, Maryville Drag Strip, and uh, that was the introduction I had to doing sporting events. And then uh, I went from there to Smoky Mountain Raceway, and Don Naiman was the uh, general manager of Smoky Mountain Raceway, and they had Richard Petty and uh, Bobby Allison, all those guys came up here and race. So uh, Don was hired in, at Talladega, and he was there one year. And uh, after the first year, he asked me to come down and uh, uh, do the PA at Talladega. So I was fortunate as a matter of fact, Jerry Punch and Eli Go and I were all doing the PA at the same time. Then. No kidding. Now, going back even farther than that, um, I, I read somewhere that, you know, the the PA guy didn't show up one day at, I can't remember where it was. And they said, Bobby, get up there. and That was at drag racing. Was that yes. the drag? Okay, yes. that was the drag racing. And yeah. that's what introduced you to it. To the, uh, Not only to doing sporting events, but uh, to radio in general. From there, wow. uh, one of the guys over there says, uh, if you go see a guy up on Chapman Highway uh, named Harry Morgan, you might uh, catch on and do a radio show. And I said, I don't know anything about broadcasting. So I went out there uh, and interviewed with him. And at 3 o'clock came, and he said, you're on the air. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> uh, you're hired. That's how desperately you needed help. I knew one person to call. I called my mother and said, uh, I'm going to be on, uh, uh, I'm going to be on the radio starting at three o'clock. She said, doing what? And I said, doing a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> she said, you know nothing about it. I said, 
well, that's two of us that know nothing about it, so here we go. <laughs> so I worked there for about 11 months and then uh, was hired by WIVK and worked at uh, IVK until 1965. And then I went with uh, to Jacksonville, Florida for a year, and then I came back to WIVK. Now, I was here the rest of the time for Dick Broadcasting. Now, a lot of people don't know. Well, I mean, I'd say a lot of people. <laughs> I didn't um, know the exact details, but um, you were a, a very important part of where WIVK came from and why it is the number one country station around in the nation, if I'm not mistaken, or close True. to it. Um, how from from your your beginnings, because you, you brought that Chevy to this drag race, you weren't planning on getting on the microphone. So you went from a love of cars. I understand you love hot rods and, and you've been, you've been in love with them for a long time. And I think you still have some, some cars, mm-hmm. but could you just kind of help t- those kids out there? Maybe that were listening or, or, or people that, you know, maybe if you have a plan, you think you have a plan of what you're going to do with your life. Don't ever shut the door on something because I mean, look, you, you, you got up there in the booth, you happen to be good at it. And, and it has just given you, it has opened up so many other doors. I mean, when you drove in and with that Chevy, you had a Chevy, right? To bring, yes, to the, yes. I mean, talk me through that. How does that, yeah. that happen? I mean, did you have, did people say, Hey, you've got a good voice? Well, uh, they didn't have another announcer. The guy didn't show up. So they <laughs> said, you got a gift, a gift of gab, uh, uh, get up there and try it. So I got up there and, uh, acting crazy on the PA called <laughs> Chevrolet shakers and, uh, Chrysler FOMO pose and uh, <laughs> and Ford's uh, fix repair daily and uh, uh, stuff like that and people really caught on. Back mm-hmm. then they called Chevrolet Shakers and uh, people seemed to like it. They asked me to come back for the next uh, uh, race and uh, I had no idea. I believe one door closes and another one uh, opens and it opened up a great broadcasting career for my, uh, for myself. And you had um, called many races at Talladega. And, you know, you talk about some of the people that you've seen at Neyland, the, you know, the Peyton Mannings and, you know, the T. Martins and uh, the list goes on and on of volunteer greats. But also you um, called races for the people like Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Richard Petty. Um, did you um, ever get to meet those folks? And, and what would you think about them if you did? Well, uh, I met both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Petty used to come to uh, the uh, Lloyd Cliff Chrysler Plymouth here. Mm. Uh, back then when he was running, they hauled their car on a hauler and brought it over and they got the car off the hauler and uh, for people to look at. And then they took it to Smoky Mountain Raceway that night to race. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was doing the race at Talladega uh, when Bill Elliott qualified and ran 100, uh, 210 miles an hour. And the drivers started saying, that's too fast. No one wants to run that fast. And so they asked me to go down in pits and interview uh, Dale Earnhardt uh, Sr. And uh, and see what he thinks. Because Big Bill France, who started NASCAR, uh, had really respected Dale Earnhardt. And he said to go down there and see what uh, uh, Dale thinks about it. Mm -hmm. So I uh, I went down and asked Dale. I said, do you think running 210 miles an hour is too fast? He said, Bobby, I'm from the old school. You just run what you bring. They won't worry. If they don't want to run 210, they ought to go back home. <laughs> he said, because I'm going to run faster than that. And now that's a regular thing that's pretty right. much. Well, 
another thing mm-hmm. that I noticed too, because at some point while you were announcing at Talladega, mm-hmm. um, and you just mentioned it about coming to the radio station and you started playing rock and roll. And that's kind of where you got into the radio piece was that at this station that you mentioned, um, you started playing rock and roll. And there was a moment there where there was a changeover and, and you went country and, you know, it was a pretty big deal because here you are, you know, you're rock, you're known for the rock and roll piece. Um, how did you, first of all, make that decision? I mean, it's, it was a huge opportunity, but it was, how old were you first of all, when you went to WIVK? Uh, I was just out of, uh, East high, high school and worked in the service station out of Magnolia. Blackie. So Blackie, I, yeah. that's why I got that name yeah. by Blackie and Kay's ice cream, uh, truck tires. Yeah. And, uh, they started calling me Blackie. And so I hung out there and then I got in broadcasting about uh, 19 to 20 years old. So, uh, my career really took off when I was in about, uh, 19, uh, start to say, Oh, four, uh, <laughs> nine, <laughs> 1965, uh, So, so when you made that transition over to country, did you like country or did you, would you rather have kept doing what you were doing? I mean, it is where you were working. It was country. Well, you know, it's, uh, I don't like today's country. That country I really did uh, enjoy. And uh, the, I can remember the first country record that we played uh, mm-hmm. was the George Jones record. Mm-hmm. And people called. It was on WIVKFM, mm-hmm. and everybody was doing background music, music and all. Mm-hmm. And people were calling saying, you can't play country music on FM radio. And we said, well, we can, I guess. That's uh, <laughs> what Jim Dick said we could do. And so then we ran a couple of commercials, and then the phones really lit up and said, you can't play commercials on uh, FM radio because everything was on AM back then, and all FM was uh, background music. That is, that's something interesting. That's incredible. Because now that's that's how we do things. Well, yeah. when, when we get back, Bobby, I want to I want to talk to you about um, – First of all, coming to WIVK because that started what was a, just an incredible career um, in broadcasting, and and you shared um, your time with the broadcasting with also um, doing the PA. And so I want to talk about that and how you were able to share time. And of course, now you're 100% PA, right? So you're semi-retired, I suppose you would say. Uh, I have a non-compete. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, we are so excited to have Bobby in with us. We're going to continue this conversation with him right after these messages. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Best of the Housing Hour with hosts Kevin Ray and Mark Griffith. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back to the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm here with executive producer Mark Griffith and co-host extraordinaire. And we are here with the legend Bobby Din. We're talking about the Vol Nation and we're talking about his time in broadcasting. And it's an absolute pleasure and honor to be able to interview you, Bobby. And we thank you so much for taking time out and uh, visiting the Housing Hour. Um, you talked earlier about um, hiring uh, Bob Kessling. 
as one of your hires back um, whenever that was when he got done with football. <laughs> and um, you, I noticed that the person who hired you is also a living legend, I would say, right? Um, was it Gus Manning who gave you a call? Was it, or am I... At the university, yes. <clears throat> so Gus At the Manning. University of Tennessee. So... So he's the right, not WIVK, but for the university, he's kind of the person who 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 called you to come into the PA part of your life. Well, it's funny. Um, uh, they had there's been three PA announcers. I understand at UT. Lindsey Nelson did it for a while. That's right, the mm-hmm. legend. That's right. And then uh, John Ward did it. Mm-hmm. Took a year off whenever I went. Came on board and uh, did the television. For UT, and then he started doing the broadcast. Wow, I that. didn't know that. I didn't yes. know that. And um, so I had done uh, that a semi-pro team at Evans Collins Field called the Knoxville Bears, and I'd done a game out there, 200 people, and mm-hmm. uh, some of the X-Files played on it. It was uh, like saying a lot of football, really, but it's called semi-pro. <laughs> and um, so uh, when John decided to do TV – uh, Gus called me and said, uh, big boy, uh, you need to apply for this job at UT. And Good impression. I said, I said, uh, what do you mean? I mean, I'm doing it for 200 people out there. And, uh, Neyland stadium at that time had about, uh, 70,000 seats. And I said, uh, different ball game. He said, well, we had a lot of people apply, but you need to apply for it. And I said, now, I'd be scared to death up here with over that many people. 70,000. So, yeah. That's before the upper decks, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, <clears throat> so then Haywood Harris got involved and tried to talk me into applying for it. And I said, I'm not going to do that. Well, about three weeks after that, I get a call from Gus Manning. And he said, big boy, congratulations. I said, for what? You've been named the new PA announcer at Neyland <laughs> Stadium. I said, I didn't apply for it. He said, I didn't say you applied for it, but you were nominated and we've accepted. And I said, I'll do one game. <laughs> one game. I blew that game and uh, you'll have to find someone else. So I did the first game, got through it, and that was 48 years ago. What what game was it? Do you remember? You know what? I, I don't remember what the first game was. Um, certain games I do remember, and I was hearing uh, Mickey Deerstone was trying the other day talking about the Lady Balls, and he couldn't remember the first game that he did. Right. I could look back on it, but I can't I can't remember what the first game was. It's probably somebody like Austin P. Right. I'm, I'm sure if there'd been somebody like Alabama, I'd said, I'm not doing that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we were talking about WIVK when we went to break a moment ago and you know the the country music has evolved over the years not only how it was how it was presented to the public um in different mediums and different forums um but radio has changed significantly um when you broke into um country and you were you were a a disc jockey i suppose and moved your way up the ranks and had an influence on how things were done and wivk is the biggest and best um, talk about that evolution and, and, and some of the things that you saw and maybe um, share with us your moments from that you remember from WIVK. Well, well one thing, whenever uh, we were playing country music, we, uh, uh, we decided that <clears throat> we were not just going to be a music station. As a matter of fact, we uh, decided we'd be a full-service radio station that happens to program or play country music. 
because the thing has made IVK has been having a full news department, sports department, and a weather department. And we grew uh, with those handles. uh, People depended on IVK for uh, bad weather, for snows. Uh, You know, I loved it when schools used to call and say, uh, when it snows, Listen to WIVK, and we'll let you know whether you have to go to school or not throughout East Tennessee. That's a lot of population. Uh, that is. And uh, uh, that was for computers and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and then we wanted to make up a staff consistent of people that wanted to live in East Tennessee and wanted to work for a great broadcast company, which Dick Brock's broadcasting went on to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had very little turnover. And uh, when I would hire people, I would say, make sure that you want to move here mm-hmm. if they were from out of town and you want to uh, retire here. Because mm-hmm. that was our goal, building the staff uh, that would help East Tennessee grow and help us grow. Because he's evolved brilliant. for life. That's, that's right. That's, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's amazing to me because um, when you look mm-hmm. over the history of the different, um, I guess, the different waves of companies, that have come and gone, especially in radio. You know, there's there's a lot of things that happen, and, and for you to be able to withstand all of the changes, you know, it, it reminds me a lot of MIG, actually, because you're able to kind of ebb and flow through the different challenges. And I wonder, you got to tell us, how did you come to know uh, Dolly Parton, who is my other hero? Right. I love her, and she wrote a song about you that I just learned today. I did not know that. So tell us about that relationship. I knew I liked you for some reason, Mark. (laughs) Uh, uh, I met Dolly Parton through uh, the radio station here, and she was going to Sevier County High School. And so uh, we got to know each other, and so I was, uh, was brave enough to ask her if she would like to go out sometime and she said well sure honey i sure would <laughs> and she was uh that time staying with her aunts right off chapman highway and she tells a story that uh, uh i was too interested in drag racing and uh, going them old races uh and i forget how else was it she told it but uh, anyway i wasn't interested in her i was more interested in cars and she said drinking that old beer and stuff like that uh so the truth of the matter is we uh saw each other about a year and uh been friends ever since and then she went to nashville and uh, her career took off too yeah she's so, made a kind of a name for herself hasn't she oh yes she has I and mean, she wrote a song she wrote a song for our uh 50th uh ivk's 50th anniversary uh she came out as a surprise guest, and uh, uh, she said, I was thinking about Bobby, and I wrote a song while I was backstage to the tune of uh, Davy Crockett. and oh, Born oh. in Tennessee, raised in the hills, you know. And, oh, I can't uh, wait to find that. The Bobby yeah. Denton. It's on yeah. the 50th anniversary for WIVK. Well, yeah, one of the yeah birth, with the Christmas. Uh, Man. And you look at CDs. people who have been involved in our community, and Dolly, talk about yeah. giving back. She's done incredible things, hasn't she? Uh, Dolly Parton, I've had many people ask me this, has more common sense Mm. than anyone I've ever been around in my life. Mm. She can be in a business meeting and she can tell you whether it's a good deal or a bad deal without consulting with a bunch of consultants. Wow. Well, you know, they're building this huge, basically 
a res- huge resort. Yeah, it's going to be a big. Well, I mean, one. I cannot wait for that mm-hmm. to be built. But she's given back to the community, and, and I mean, honestly, one of the reasons for, and that's why I know Dolly gives back. One of the reasons for her success has been people who have promoted her work, like WIVK. I think that's really says a lot too that we are able to, you're able to give give back, and then she gives back to you. So when you guys, when you guys built WIVK up to where it was or where it is, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. the moment that you decided that you wanted to call it quits, I guess you would say, um, what, what thoughts were going through your mind? Because I mean, I, you had plenty of life left in you, obviously you've got more than enough, but and I know things change and, and, but were you ready to get out of the, out of that piece of your life and, and, and start doing some other stuff? Uh, well, we sold out, uh, mm-hmm. after I didn't think we would ever sell, but we had, uh, that's when all the mergers were taking place, and we were the uh, had the reputation of being the uh, best operated private uh, company out there, mm-hmm. uh, and so we had uh, eight broadcast companies uh, that uh, made us an offer that was uh, too good to turn down. Mm-hmm. So, and then I stayed after we sold out. I stayed uh, fifteen months with uh, Citadel. Mm-hmm. Broadcasting now, doing some consulting work and all for Cumulus, uh, but and I stayed for the fifteen months because uh, of the people that we had hired here, the key mm-hmm. factors with uh, IVK mm-hmm. that uh, they want me to get them on contract. Like, uh, well, I'll leave out names now, <laughs> but Howard and Hill would be one example. Andy and Allison in the morning, and uh, and what people yeah. like that. Those folks are, are fantastic. And I mean, Halloran, for instance, and Andy and Allison, I mean, these folks could be nationally syndicated, no problem. And I mean, they, they just have the voice, they have the knowledge, and, and that's what you get from this station. They these all stations. have the same thing, though. They love East Tennessee. Right. And that's what it's all about. You could have the best uh, facility around. If, you, if it's not located in the right place, you can't make people happy. But I always told people when they come to work, uh, they got to love to come to work. Mm-hmm. And we got to make it for them to love to come to work. Now, radio in Knoxville has mm-hmm. a long history. And, you know, the Johnny Perkles of the world, the Bobby Dentons. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at these folks who've shaped to help shape what's happening in Lowell radio. Blanchard back yeah. then. And there's a ton, you know. And um, how did you, how was your relationship with the, with your competitors? You know, because we have competitors, but we, what's your relationship like with those folks? We do. I would like to say anytime I was in it to win. Right. Uh, <laughs> and um, I, I never worried about our competitors. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to do what we were doing and do it better. Mm. Uh, and I said, as long as we, uh, satisfy our base and we had a large base support Mm -hmm. as long as we didn't run those people off and we kept them in foe we would have success for a long time i think a good competitor is somebody that's going to make you better too Mm -hmm. absolutely without a doubt so well bobby what did you bring to the table for the announcement in the stadium at nailin that you learned what what, did you change how announcing was done did you bring a a different pizzazz certainly with your cliches that you use but what did you with all your experience in radio bring to the table well you know i sat there uh listening to other games from out of town and what is this guy doing that i'm not doing or what's he doing i don't want to do uh 
but one thing is uh, putting myself in one of the seats down there with the crowd and letting the crowd noise die down before I make a key announcement mm. or repeating it where, sure. like if Michael Pilardi kicks a 61-yard uh, field goal, you know, crowd's going nuts. If you say it over the crowd, they never hear it. Right. But when the crowd die, when the crowd dies down, then I'll come back and say Michael Pilardi's uh, field goal good from sixty one yards, mm. or to do the touchdown. And one thing that I've made a habit of doing is giving. And I've had parents write me letters or call and thank me. Is whoever snaps the ball, whoever holds the ball, whoever kicks it calling all three names uh, I like that. because they say that they go to other stadiums and their mm-hmm. son's name is never mentioned. But he yeah. made everybody laugh in the stadium, never heard it before. Let's when get he, to he that called. on the other side because okay, we only cause have, because I want to talk about that because <laughs> um, we only have a couple of minutes. And you know, the other thing that I want to tackle too is, uh, you know, your, your whole um, philosophy, I feel is that you really are able to not just have the voice because that's key. I mean, you have to have the voice. The voice is an important part of it. But you've also created, I think, these these things that people know about all across the country. The the announcement of, that you make about the program, about pay no more, mm-hmm. pay these prices and pay no more. I mean, that's phenomenal. You didn't say it right. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Say it for us. Please. <laughs> yeah. We urge uh, today's concession prices are filed on page 99 of your program book. We urge you to pay these prices and please pay no more. <laughs> oh man, that was awesome. That was incredible. But that's kind of, that, that's the, what exactly what I'm talking about. You would, I would know that whether I heard it here. And or you realize everybody's repeating that with you during in the yeah, stadium. Students, you know that. Yes. Everybody Absolutely. is. Even Absolutely, and I even like the w, the 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 spots that I hear on the radio, where where you have it inside yeah. of one of the ads. That's probably costing the advertisers a lot of money to get that one in there. <laughs> but anyway, this is Bobby Denton with us here on the Housing Hour. We'll be right back after these messages. You are listening to the best of the housing hour with hosts Kevin Ray and Mark Griffith. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group. The housing hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the housing hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. And before we get back to Bobby, I do need to tell you guys about a company that we believe uh, very strongly in here in the housing hour. Been big supporters of us, and that is Admiral Title. Admiral Title, been around now for about eight years, and they do all that you need when it comes to closing on a home loan. They really do take the 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 baton, I suppose you would say, yeah, or, sure. or they, they take it <laughs> and, and they, they roll it right down. And the one thing I like about them is that they're honest people and they, t- they take care of their borrowers and they really help us to continue and get that loan closed. There's a lot of places you can close. There's a lot of places that we can close, but one of the places that we have found the most trust in is Admiral Title and they do a really good job. And Phyllis Burnett knows the mortgage industry. She knows how to close loans and their staff will really take care of you. So if you're a lender out there, or if you are a real estate agent, um, give them an opportunity to build a relationship with you, somebody that you can trust and that you can really depend on. Admiral Title, 865-531-6060. 
All right. Well, we're back in here in the housing hour. We're going through the Vol Nation series with Bobby Denton, longtime PA announcer. He announced at Talladega. He was WIVK King for many years. And he's here with us in studio today talking about Vol Nation, about the volunteers, his career, a little bit of everything, Dolly Parton and all that. So, yeah. Mark, you were going to share just to ask him a question. Well, I've about. never heard a hundred thousand people laugh mm-hmm. over something that the uh, stadium I think it was ninety-seven thousand. Yeah, it could have been ninety-seven. It was a low attendance day, yeah. but uh, of a stadium announcer said, would say, and it was a Polardi attempt, forty-five yard. Uh, kick attempt. South I guess Alabama? Was, I think it was South Alabama or Western Kentucky. I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. But uh, Plarty hit it, and it, it had barely made it past the line of scrimmage. It mm-hmm. wasn't blocked. It was just a muffed kick, right? right? right. And so— as Bobby was describing, he would wait till the crowd noise went down. Of course, it was silent anyway because he muffed the kick. Mm-hmm. But it was re- very quiet. And it seemed like there was a dramatic pause before he came in and said, Pilates attempt, short. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole crowd, I mean, just started belly laughing. And I just wondered, do you, did you do that on purpose? Well, yeah. we were debating up in the uh, box whether uh, Pilates had shanked it or whether it was uh, blocked or tipped at the line of scrimmage. Right. And so uh, I just said, what was it, 47 yards? Was yeah, 45 or 47. 40, I said, uh, Pilates kick, short. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? It wasn't long. It wasn't long. It really uh, wasn't long enough. <laughs> that is absolutely the best thing I've ever heard. That was sort of impromptu. Now, how about this other story that you told us at lunch the other day, and it was concerning uh, Lou Holtz. With at the time he was with South Carolina, and um, they were, uh, I guess they had had a penalty or two, and and so they had a huge uh, third or fourth down or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Tell me that story. Well, it was South Carolina and Tennessee at Neyland Stadium, uh, and South Carolina was going to the south end of the stadium, and they Lou Holtz was the coach for. Uh, the Gamecocks, and they got a 15-yard penalty, and uh, Lou Holtz went nuts, and he ran out on the field, and uh, they gave him another 15-yard penalty. Oh. And then uh, they uh, – uh, at that time it was like third down and uh, – or fourth down and about 32, and then um, – Holtz just continues berate the referee, and they throw another 15-yard penalty. So it's like fourth down and 42. And uh, so I said, uh, it's fourth down and the river. (laughs) (laughs) Crowd went nuts and made USA and uh, because they asked Lou Holtz in a little snippet and said, uh, did – uh, that upsets you that the PA announcer at Needland Stadium said it was fourth in the river and Lou Holtz said, hell, I thought it was a lot farther than that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is so classic. Um, and did you have, are, are these things that you've done throughout the years and that maybe we just didn't hear about or, or I wasn't at the stadium? Well, there's, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll go speak and they want to tell different things like that. The, Happen. But you, uh, I'll say you one thing about the University of Tennessee. Uh, they want you to be straight up and mm. uh, don't be a homer uh, and all that. Uh, did you get a but, call about the river call? Uh, from Bud Ford only. He didn't <laughs> like it. Everyone else hated it. I can walk to the stadium this uh, Saturday night. 
and I someone will holler, give the river call. Uh-huh. Uh, last year they kept hollering, and I say, uh, well, if we do, it'll be Tennessee fourth and 42 <laughs> last year. <laughs> But anyway, uh, what was the question? No, no, you answered it. You answered it. Um, so you've had some calls like that. Now, oh, well, that- there was one more. One more quickly. Mm-hmm. Tennessee Alabama game, and uh, back before cell phones and all that, and the Vol Navy uh, was parked all the way out, and so the Coast Guard came up and said, "Please announce that some of these boats are tying off in the main <laughs> channel." And so at about the third quarter of the game, it was a really good game between Tennessee and Alabama. Coast Guard comes back up there and they say, would you have asked the owner of the houseboat uh, number so-and-so and so-and-so, please move their boat? Mm-hmm. And still no response. Fourth quarter, he comes back up there and said, make this announcement. He said, put the houseboat and the number back on there and tell him that he is tied up in the main channel and a tugboat is on the way and a barge. (laughs) (laughs) And you said that? So, yes, I said, will you please move your boat? You're in the main channel with the barge headed that way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is great. Because they couldn't stop the barge, so anyway. (laughs) Right. Um, you know, one of the things, because over the years, I mean, I've been going to games since 1979 was my first game. And um, I just, over the years, when we've had um, people coming in, whether it be um, Alabama or Florida, um, it's how you say the 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 name of the team sometimes. And I mean, it, sometimes it, it gets under my skin because I'm like, I don't want them to say it that way <laughs> because it's an opposing team. But then I think about it and I think, well, that just adds to the whole excitement because it's like Alabama, you know, yeah. where do you get that? Cause I think that's so clever because it really engages the audience. But do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I sometimes I'll say first and 10 Bama. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Have or, you got any complaints about that? Uh, no, not, no. not really. It, yeah. uh, I mean, I love it, but. You we know. have keep in mind we haven't beaten anybody good lately, so you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of complaints from the opposing team. That's yeah, for sure. Right, but Butch is going to take care of that. Anyway. Yeah. But in the other one was, um, you know, Gators. So you you just say Florida Gators. And I well, love the, the way best you say one it. was when Vanderbilt sent a thing to us, and they no longer wanted to be called the uh, uh, the Vanderbilt. Uh, Commodores, or they didn't want to be called the Doors. The Doors, oh, right. the, doors. The, doors. the Doors. Oh, okay. And so I make sure I got it in a couple of. Uh, it's uh, fourth and thirty-two Doors. <laughs> uh, and then you know Memphis, whatever they changed to, it was no longer Memphis State. It was the University of right. uh, Memphis. Right. And so, did you respect those requests? Uh, a couple. Of, yeah. yeah. Once, already, once or a couple twice. Of times. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I did do for Vanderbilt. First and ten Commodores. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you know, uh, that's a, a big, big football game for us later on. And um, I think that that's going to be, you told me off air that you thought we could beat them. So. Well, and you've seen a lot of football, Bobby. Um, what is, you, you think, the biggest game that you've, or the best game What's the, is there one particular game that stands out in your mind versus all the ones that you've seen? 
Well, I always answer that by saying any game that Peyton Manning played in mm. uh, was always a good one. But uh, it had to be the Arkansas game oh, whenever they the Stoner oh, yeah. yep. uh, dropped the ball but and uh, set it down on the ground and set it on the ground. And by us winning that game in overtime, yeah. uh, we went on to win the BCS. So I think Travis Henry pounded the ball in for yeah. a touchdown right there. What the did, do you remember what you said when that fumble? I mean, the crowd was going crazy. Uh, I can, we're on radio. I can't tell you what I was saying to the guys <laughs> next to me. I like, holy. He said, yeah. he dropped the ball. Uh, you know. I said, fumble, Arkansas, first and 10, Tennessee. Oh, gosh, oh, that man, gives that me was, chill bumps. That was such a great game. Incredible. Now, it was. It was incredible. You know, you've had so many coaches that you've – not so many. You've had four. But in the last four or five years, and you get to know these folks. You kind of have to, I suppose. You don't have to, but you have the opportunity to. Um, and I noticed a couple of things that um, were said about Lane Kiffin and, and you know, people throwing him under the bus and, you know, whatever. What do you think about Lane Kiffin? He wasn't here long enough to really get a good read on him. Yeah. Uh, he – I think if he'd stayed here – and he probably wished he had him. He mm-hmm. would have done a good job if we hadn't gotten in trouble. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I probably shouldn't say yeah. this, but I don't <laughs> think anyone had a very close relationship right. with Derek Dooley. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's obvious. Some things have come out since mm-hmm. then. Uh, it's just like he didn't want to be here for some reason. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Johnny Majors was great. Former was great. But I can tell you this, all coaches get paranoid. The more they win. What about Dickey? Because uh, Doug Dickey, I always got along with Doug Dickey. I, uh, Doug was the guy that had a uh, was on a mission. He knew where he where he wanted to get us and where he was going to take us, and he did. But uh, and you, you, Dave Hart, you like Dave? Dave's a pretty uh, good guy, seems. Yes, I think that Dave Hart's the right guy for the right job at the right time, mm-hmm. and he hired the right coach. That helps. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Oh, yeah. And and that's one thing about Tennessee, um, Bobby, that I've always respected is um, that Tennessee, it always seems that they hire really good people. Now, they may not perform on, you know, the field. The, the, the games may not be won. But, you know, you can't say much bad about Derek as a, in a character perspective. Um, the only no. one, as far as as far as maybe a questionable, and I don't know this for a fact, is Lane Kiffin. But you don't know. Um, but that's one thing about Tennessee. What is it? You know, the the pageantry. What is it about Tennessee? The vol walk, the 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 big crowds. First of all, do you get to watch a lot of that, or are you preparing, or do you get caught up in it just like I do? I couldn't announce a game because I would be too much into the game. Well, I park right next to the vol walk, so that's it. Uh... Easy to catch, but I think you can. Butch gets it more. Butch gets it as much or more than Bruce Pearl did. Mm. Tennessee traditions. Right. As uh, Bruce Pearl, you know, the the Ray Mears era. Ray mm-hmm. Mears is one to give credit for Big Orange Country and oh, yeah. all that. Uh, he, I mean, he really uh, promoted that. Uh, but Butch. You can see the ball for life and how many players are coming back in the fold. Butch gets mm-hmm. the traditions. Absolutely. He knows this is a one-stop stop for him. If he wins, he could be here for the rest of his life. And who who moves to East Tennessee that wants to move somewhere else? Nobody. I mean, people in Ohio, you don't hear them retiring. <laughs> I mean, people here are going to Ohio to retire. Right. You hear no. People in Ohio coming here to retire. Right. right. But we didn't get time to talk about – 
um, you share in time with a great destination in Naples, Florida, which I guess you still have a home there. Yes, well. I do. And it's a great, it's the great thing about being in East Tennessee is that you can, you're just not too far from the beach and the ocean. That's one of the nice things that um, this area offers to us. Um, and we didn't mention Philip Fulmer when we were talking about Phil, about coaches. I don't know why, but Philip Fulmer was a heck of a guy, wasn't he? Phil Fulmer is a great guy. And there's another guy, born Tennessean, who loves living in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, and the same way with uh, Johnny Majors, Tennessean that loves. And I think even though Butch has been Michigan to uh, Cincinnati to here, mm. he loves living here. His family loves living When he here. talks about it being his dream job, I really believe it. We got one minute left. Um, and, you know, people don't know this, but there was a coach in between Derek Dooley and Bush Jones, and that was Jim Chaney. Uh, he was that one, oh, one game for Kentucky. Yeah, right. Just one game. Well, guys, I tell you, Bobby. That'd be a good trivia question. I know. <laughs> that's right. Well, Bobby, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming in and sharing a few moments with us. And uh, go Big Orange later on today. Well, thank you, and I'm glad to be here for uh, Mortgage Investors Group. Yeah. And I will leave by saying thank you. And this Saturday night, it'll be, it's football time in Tennessee. Oh, I couldn't have said it. That is awesome. Absolutely great. Bobby Denton, the voice of the Vols and the PA system. Thank you guys for joining us. We will see you next week right here on The Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.